Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. Welcome back to our study of the resurrection of Jesus. In this podcast, I continue my study of Paul's conversion, Paul's role as an early persecutor of the church and his independence from the early church are important factors to consider in our evaluation. What he suffered as a result of his conversion must also be taken into consideration. Paul, the critic, the skeptic, and the persecutor, became a Christian and gave his life for his faith. Why? Because he believed he saw Jesus risen from the dead. On our last program, we left off in the middle of talking about Paul's conversion to the Lord. Like the skeptic James, Paul's conversion is important because Paul was not a believer until after Jesus had appeared to him. And so the testimony of Paul and his account throughout the New Testament is an incredibly important piece in establishing whether or not Jesus actually rose from the dead. On our last program, we left off talking about how Paul was an independent witness, independent from the apostles. We had read from Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, where Paul makes it very clear. I did not receive this gospel from men. How could I have received it from men? He says he spent three years in Damascus and Arabia, and only after that three-year period did he return to Jerusalem And he only spent 15 days there. And all he saw in Jerusalem, or the only people he saw in Jerusalem, were Peter and James, the Lord's brother. He saw none of the other apostles. So how could it be that Paul received this gospel or was converted by the efforts of men like Peter, James, John, Matthew, whoever it might be? What we have is Paul converting as a result of Jesus' appearance to him, independent from the apostles. In Acts chapter 9, verses 26 and 27, Luke tells us about Saul's return to Jerusalem and, and how the disciples resisted him. And I think, once again, we have an, another important piece of this puzzle That even the disciples, even after this period of three years, even they were reluctant to receive him back. In verses 26 and 27 of Acts chapter 9, Luke writes this, When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. You see, Paul needed Barnabas to vouch for him. And it's only when Barnabas takes Paul directly to the apostles and says, listen, Jesus appeared to this man. Jesus has given this man a message and Paul has been preaching the gospel fearlessly in Damascus since then. It's only when Barnabas is able to vouch for Paul before the apostles that he is finally welcomed in. So the disciples' reluctance, their their skepticism of Paul, I think is another important piece of this puzzle. And it wasn't just that Paul was independent from the apostles. He was also independent from 
the, the center location of the church in those days, which was Jerusalem and Judea. He says in Galatians chapter 1, verses 22 through 24, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they praise God because of me. Not only does this establish Paul's independence from the church, it also helps establish his reputation that the church had recognized the genuineness of Paul's conversion. Once again, an important fact. Paul was the real deal. He believed wholeheartedly that he had seen the Lord Jesus risen from the dead on that road to Damascus. The apostles accepted it. The church in Judea accepted it. And they recognized his legitimacy. In their book, The Case for the Resurrection of Jesus, Habermas and Lacona have this to say. Certainly a skeptic may comment that Paul's conversion is no big deal, since many people have converted from one set of beliefs to another. Let me pause just here for a second. That's absolutely true. Someone who's skeptical of the Bible's testimony concerning Paul's conversion might say, well, lots of people have converted from one set of beliefs to another down through the centuries. Well, sure they have. Continuing on. However, the cause of Paul's conversion makes his different. People usually convert to a particular religion because they have heard the message of that religion from a secondary source and believe the message. Paul's conversion was based on what he perceived to be a personal appearance of the risen Jesus. They make an excellent point. We could make an argument that Paul had heard the gospel proclaimed by men in Jerusalem. He had apparently heard Stephen make this persuasive argument, this very convicting argument. And it was so convicting that people picked up stones to stone him because they recognized their guilt. Paul had heard the gospel preached by men. But it wasn't until Jesus appeared to him that he was converted. You see, the appearance of Jesus is what changed things for Paul. Whenever we talk about the conversion of Paul, I think it's also important for us to recognize what he gave up. On our last program, I was talking about how Paul was a rising star in the Jewish community, how wealth and fame and fortune and prestige influence were all set before him. He had been educated at the feet of Gamaliel, who was one of the most respected rabbis of all time. This was a man who was rising above his peers. But he gave that all up. And why did he give it up? Well, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, he says this, More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. What motivated Paul to leave all these things behind, to count them all as trash, as rubbish, was he was convinced that Jesus had in fact raised from the dead. He cast all these things, set them behind him, that he might attain this resurrection, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. He wanted to know the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus had appeared to him, and Paul had left all these other things behind. And though he saw reason to boast according to the flesh, he recognized that none of those things were really worth anything because they could not help him attain that better resurrection. And what did he give it up for? Did he give it up for a place of position in the church? Did Paul realize what a powerful influence he would have upon centuries of Christians to come? I don't know that he had any sense of that. I don't know what Paul was thinking, but I do know what he gave up and what it cost him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 33, Paul lists what he suffered for Jesus. And remember, that's one of the things that he wanted to know about Jesus. I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Well, this is what Paul suffered. 2 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 24. From the Jews five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things what comes upon me daily. My deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn? with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. That's quite a list, isn't it? All the things that Paul suffered. And he suffered it because he was persuaded that Jesus had risen from the dead. And so sincere is he that he calls upon God as his witness that these things are true. Now to me, that's, that's some pretty strong stuff. This man was fully persuaded that he had suffered these things because he had seen Jesus risen from the dead. Why else would you endure such things? Why would someone go through all that 
give up all the comfort and convenience of a former life in order just to suffer unless he or she was fully persuaded of what they had seen. In Acts chapter 14, verse 19, Luke tells us that Paul was stoned in Lystra, drug outside the city, and left for dead. And ultimately, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, we see that Paul was going to die for his faith in Jesus Christ. He says to Timothy, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul was about to die, but he faced it with hope, he faced it with conviction. He recognized that he had given up life and power and influence, had suffered mightily, but that there was a crown that awaited him, a better life. The life of true comfort and convenience was ahead. And so he could, in all good conscience, fully persuaded of what he had seen, lay down his life so that he might obtain that better resurrection. Thanks for listening to The Gospel Saves. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find him on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know and do his perfect will.